Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 54. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching, right? All the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. Oh, I like that switcheroo. That was fun. This week, we'll be talking about the 2016 smash hit. Smash hit. No, it was a box office failure. Uh, The Disappointments Room. A meme-worthy title and a disappointing movie. Yeah, an aptly named film. I was in a room and I was disappointed. I mean, I I, I, I don't know that I was disappointed because I didn't have high hopes for it anyway, so, you know. Yeah, my expectations were low, but it still was a waste of our time. So that's where we're starting this conversation in this episode. Don't watch it. It is October, and we hope that if you are a fan of this podcast, you're watching lots of horror movies. Yeah, Uh, 31 Days of Halloween, baby. You're celebrating on the reg. Uh, Don't add this to your repertoire. No, it's not necessary. I feel bad that we're kicking off the month with this. Yeah. It's, yeah. I wish it was even, like, Amityville horror level bad. It's actually, like, it's not worse, but it's not fun either. It's really just, like, super boring and blah. It's funny that you bring up the Amityville horror. Nothing really happens. Because this is the Amityville horror. Correct. But with no shirtless Ryan Reynolds, I mean, like, what the fuck? Uh, we should get into it. So this movie is based on an HGTV segment. What? Called If These Walls Could Talk. What? In which uh, someone has a disappointments room in their house. Which is apparently where you would put the member of a family with a disability yeah. that you were embarrassed of. Yeah. And you put them in the disappointments room. And this was a real thing that happened, yeah, I guess. For sure. It, well, in the movie, uh, they didn't. It didn't really seem like they were children with disabilities. Just like they were children with facial deformities. Well, we only see the one. No, yeah. no, we see pictures of them. Oh, when, is that what she's when looking they're at explaining? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think in the scrapbook. I think it's when the librarian, uh, archivist, historian is telling her about what the disappointments room is. She's like showing her pictures, I think. And you're you see like, or she's doing research. There's some reason you see a bunch of flashes of like, oh, she's reading a book. She's like going through like a book. And she's seeing lots of pictures of other children who were quote unquote disappointments. And they the only they just all have facial deformities. And it's like, is that was that a huge problem back then? Is it like an inbreeding thing? Like, what's the situation where everyone needed a room in their house to not house everyone, their children? Not know. just rich mean judges. All the rich mean judges had a child with a facial deformity. That's what it seems like. Again, it would have made more sense to me if it was like Yes, there's a lot of diversity in the kind of disability you can have. Like, maybe a child was blind, or yeah. deaf, or, like I said, was, like, paralyzed. Would that embarrass like, you, though? Couldn't walk. Yes. Not, not us, but, like, the rich No, no, no. Rich Horrible, mean, judge. mean, judgy rich people? Yeah, probably. Yeah, because if, if it was any... I mean, like, there could be, like, autism, you know what I mean? Like, anything that sets you apart that you need any kind of special... Any kind of special needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. It just, it already just doesn't make sense off the bat. We haven't even gotten into the plot stuff that doesn't make sense. So, DJ Caruso, who directed this and co wrote it with Wentworth Miller, based this on an HGTV segment about a house with a judge and the disappointments room. And they didn't really write much else happening. No. And they didn't really flip make characters. It also doesn't make sense. The plot, we'll get, we'll, yeah. We'll tear this movie apart for a couple reasons. But it never coalesces into anything. No. And I don't think that it's ever scary. There's like... No, no. Three frames I can think of. 
I just... I'm trying to remember if I was ever scared, but I think that the times I'm thinking of are just actually when we watched Halloween 2 last night. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are the things I'm remembering. <laughs> so, no, I don't think so. I don't even know if it was ever trying. I can't even remember a time when there was a jump scare, honestly. We were just supposed to be scared of this big dog and scared of an angry white judge, which, like, I am, but for different reasons. Yeah. Just reminds me of... I have I have un undealt with trauma about this movie. <laughs> Don't even bring up its name on this podcast. Let's keep it free on here. I'll bleep it out. Please bleep out his name. <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh, this movie is about a family of a, a man who can't act, a woman who can't act, and a child who looks like Danny Torrance from The Shining. It's yeah, he's the, it's just the worst haircut, and it is the most Danny Torrance haircut. And there's a big like, there's a specific Shining esque moment that was very specific. But I don't want to talk about this woman who can't act because I don't really want to talk about this movie. But it's I had a Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, well, like, what? She's like a famous actress. I know. I like, know she's so famous, but I didn't know her name until we oh, watched yeah, this. You, you didn't have there was like a Mandela effect or a Berenstein thing where I swear to God, I thought her name was Beckinsdale. Well, it would make more sense. My entire life, I thought it was Kate Beckinsdale. No. But no, it's, it's Beckinsale. Just a sale. It's just a, a Beckinsale. And she's British. Well, here's the situation. This is what happened with me is that you first see her in the car and she's with her husband and her son and her husband is like, he's not a bad actor, but he's not good. It's just sort of like whatever. No, he's bad. He's in this first scene. He's fine. Well, he's singing Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. And she, she's like, Gilbert and Sullivan were British. And I was like, who is this? Like, who, who is this really bad actress? Cause she's also blonde and I've only ever seen Kate Beckinsale brunette. But then I'm looking at her and I'm like, wait a fucking second that's like actress kate beckinsale like who people know specifically i think british people like every british teen like teenage boy like had a crush on her when they were younger was she in that thing you do no wasn't that she's all that what she's all that no who's that a different person okay no, uh, Kate. I've never actually seen anything. Yeah, Kate, I don't know who Kate Beckinsale is. This Beckinsale is my very is. first I just Kate Beckinsale movie. She, I, she does. Uh, she's in the Van Helsing movies, and I think the she mo- did. Are there more than one? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I'm pretty sure she was in. Oh, she's Underworld Lady. Yes, yes, yes. I was gonna say she was in some other. She's horror... married to Paul W. S. Anderson, who directs those. No, that's not who that is. Paul W. S. Anderson makes the. Uh, video game movies. I have no idea. Len Wiseman. I don't know who any of these people are. We have to move on from this. Kate Beckinsale. I would have assumed at least had some talent in acting, and maybe she does, and she's hiding it. It's Len Wiseman is her husband's name. Okay, I don't know or care because she's so awful in this movie. She's just awful. Like we've seen a lot of bad acting in some of the movies that we've watched on this podcast, I've never seen anyone who is so famous be so bad. They divorced in 2016. I do not care. Do we really need to talk it's about this? It's probably because of this movie. Probably, yeah, it's He true. saw this movie and, and was, was like, like, wait a second. I can't Underworld with you anymore. so bad at acting. And I never noticed because I'm sure Underworld has lots of, like, special effects yeah. that are hiding her, acting. her bad acting. Anyway, done being mad about it. Just to move on. Then there's the story. Of this movie, the plot. Is there a plot? 
Yes. They move into a house. It's the it's the plot of like every, you know, like they find a secret ghost door. movie. The door leads well, to an empty can room. Can I just say I did this was like the first note that I took besides Kate Beckinsale's a bad actress is that when they walk into the house, like the house in Amityville, there is a feeling where you're like, "Oh, people want to live here." Like any other like The Conjuring, it's like, "Oh, this is like a great deal on a house." This house looks like Dracula's castle. Like, it is already so spooky and weird. You're like, who on earth is like, I know what we should do after we've had this traumatic event, which is what brings them to this house. Uh, Let's move into the spookiest possible place in the middle of nowhere, seven or eight hours from where we used to live. She's an architect. We should also mention that's the reason why she is probably interested in this house. Yeah. Because it is, like, elaborate. But she... She's an architect. Like, she's not designing anything. They're just no, she's fixing, like, they're just she's fixing just up a house. I think she's, like, totally, like, redoing it. Well, she doesn't make it very far, so it's impossible to say what her actual plans were. She just... All she, she has blueprints. All she does is spread out some blueprints, and then she makes, like, a calendar where she puts post-its on the wall and is like, look at this. Hire a plumber. And it just seems like she's fixing it up. I don't know. They're all... Everyone in this movie hates each other, and they all have nothing to do, except Kate Beckinsale. Who's doing everything. <laughs> She unpacks everything after their move. She uh, cooks in heels. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to the heels thing because it infuriates me. Uh, she has a job and he doesn't because he quit his job. Yeah, I think he had a company and he's selling it. She explores the house. She does everything. She does everything. All he they, they make a joke earlier to a woman they meet in town where she's like, well, what do you do? And the dad is like, oh, I just watch video games and, you know, watch video games. Oh, you know, I just play video games and like, you know, hang out. And I thought he was being um like glib. modest and glib that like he's the stay-at-home dad and she works. But then every scene is him and the son just running around outside together, <laughs> just him chasing his son yeah. all over the place and Kate Beckinsale doing literally everything else and it's so baffling and frustrating. And I will get into this now. The whole movie the entire movie, except when she's, like, getting in or out of bed. She's wearing huge heeled boots. And let me just tell you this. I'm... I like a good heeled boot to wear to a bar or, you know, like, the club. I don't know. Going on a date. Totally put on the heeled boots. No one in their right mind, probably even people in their wrong mind, nobody wakes up Thinks to themselves, okay, I'm going to spend the whole day in my own house unpacking and working at my little architect table and puts on heeled boots. Nobody does this. They're not comfortable to unpack boxes in your kitchen. No. It's it like sometimes when movies get women wrong, I'm just like, all right, like, you know, this isn't like that egregious. For some reason, this one really ticked me off. Like. Yeah. It bothers me when people wear shoes in the house regardless in movies because, like, stop normalizing wearing shoes in the house and wearing shoes on your bed. It's just disgusting. But also, no, just, it, it no, does this. I, I've already taken this too far, but, like, it made me super angry and it, it removed any suspension of disbelief that these people were real, that I should care about what happens to them. Just nothing mattered after I saw her wearing those fucking boots. She eventually finds a key in a drawer... That unlocks a door behind a cabinet. Yeah. And it is an empty room where time and space are wonky. Mm. Uh, 
I don't really want to talk that much about the details of this because I'm not particularly interested. No, there are ghosts in this house. I do want to say, like, this is worth... I mean, it, it, it just compounds upon the ridiculous because because the door, like, slams shut behind her. Like, you know, she's very upset. And it, she throws the world's weirdest temper tantrum. She's just screaming, pounding her fists on the door, pounding on the window. No one can hear her. And she eventually tires herself out and falls asleep. Yeah. For presumably hours. And it's just the weirdest thing to watch her, like, do this and never... I don't even know if she even tries the door. I don't remember seeing her, like, jiggle the handle. She just immediately freaks out and then, like, falls into a nap and then wakes up and starts screaming at her husband for not caring about her and not, like, listening to her scream or, like, I need... I need... She's like, I needed you. I needed you. And it's only then that she notices that her timer that she'd set... It's not even up yet, so it hasn't even been 20 minutes. Yeah. And then she doesn't apologize for this. She doesn't care. She just is, like, the worst character we've seen in recent years. This is where it's the most, you know, Amityville or The Shining, where they're like, they move to this this house or hotel. Yeah. And it's not fixing the marital problems that they have. And they're, like, frustrated each other that they had problems before. And the house project isn't fixing it because it's obviously not fucking fixing it. Like, it's the most rote. I was so bored at this point because we've seen this movie. But it doesn't even matter if we'd seen it. If if they're doing it well, I'll watch watch the same tropes over and over again if they're done well. Well, again, Conjuring is a haunted house movie. Yeah. But it doesn't. They're not having marital problems, though. It's different. That's my point is that it's a lazy, like, the tumult of the spirits and the tumult of. Like, it's just. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't mind it as a trope. I think that it would have been fine if it was done well. It's just, this is done so badly. Like, I don't even think we need to get into, like, the plot of the horror aspect of it. Like... Well, again, I think I'd forgive it more if it wasn't, like, so... Like, again, okay, so she's also off her meds, which is another... Yeah. As you know, from listening to our podcast, we love that trope, and we don't. Uh... No, and especially in this movie, it, it it never actually comes to a conclusion about this, and I don't really understand it. Like, it's fair. We'll get to it. But, like, the big, the big you know, quote-unquote reveal of this movie is that they lost a child. That's, like, that's, I think, what they, they're building to the whole time. There's this thing of, like, do you need to go talk to the doctor again? And she, at one point when she's unpacking, she finds, like, a birth announcement for a daughter, and we know that she doesn't have one. And then that is up up against this, like, bad parenting of having your children in the disappointments room. Yeah. And that's the weird comparison they're trying to draw. I think you're neglecting the big twist, which I think is worth spoiling here, because who cares? That she killed their their infant daughter. Yeah, uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh... That makes it sound harsh. She didn't kill her. She threw exhaustion and neglect does what a lot of unfortunate parents do, which is like accidentally suffocate their children. It's not, I'm not condoning it. It's you should, you should, you should practice child safety, but it's not like she strangled her. I thought, I thought it was going to be that she postpartum killed her. Like that's, you see her like have again, her, where's her husband? She's just like holding the baby. The baby's crying. She's like staying up all night with the baby. The baby's crying. And I was like, She's going to murder this baby, like, in two seconds. You're right. It could have been that. I actually might have liked it more because it would have, like, committed to... Then it would have been, like, you are actually a bad parent. Instead of what it was, which is that, like... Nah, if you kill your baby by accident, you're still a bad parent. It it doesn't mean that, like, you should go to jail for it. But, like, 
You're still a bad parent. Not in the way of uh, not in the Judge way of Blacker. the disappointments room. Yeah, I don't know. I had I it's I I had a hard time with that. I had a hard time with a lot of this movie. I think that if you don't talk about the the supernatural aspect, I think that's fair. The I things just, I don't remember any of it honestly. Well, okay, sure. The things that work for me are. There's like a moment where there's a painting behind her and then it disappears. Oh yeah, that was like the greatest moment of the whole movie and then it ne- nothing ever nothing surreal ever happened like that again. No, other than like behind the mirrors. Again, this is a cool production design um yeah. trick. Behind the mirrors are paintings that have been well, covered yeah, up. There, there are mirrors but, that are like part of the house. Yeah, but to get there, she has to uh punch a mirror while walking down some stairs accidentally. Like, she's frantically like, oh no, I have to run outside to see... To save her son. Unnecessarily pop point. Yeah. Uh, and she punches the mirror on accident, which is a very contrived thing that, like, people don't, like, flail like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she you, at least you doesn't. wouldn't crack a mirror just from, like, flailing. But she does, and then she, she goes to, to like, check it out. something at She it. goes and checks it out, and then she peels it away, and then she finds paintings, and then she burns the paintings, and... But then they're not burned. Yeah. Yeah. Your classic horror movie stuff, but not not well done. Pretty bad. I mean, and like, and there's a point where the thing I want to mention is that there's a point where she's like, "I can't tell anymore what's real and what's not." Uh, yeah, you're like not taking your medication. Uh, yeah, it's not surprising. Like, you're also being haunted by ghosts. Which well, that's what I couldn't tell. The movie didn't come to a conclusion on that. I don't feel if like. she's being haunted or not. If yeah, if there's anything actually, she's here. been haunted by the idea of. Bad parenting? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, again, there's no conclusion. Maybe she watched HGTV and she saw Knew this happen. She yeah, found yeah, out yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. appointments room and Probably. she's like, "That's exactly like me. I'm a horrible parent and I hate myself." Can we talk about like the last scene? Yeah, because that's not the last scene, but I guess like the third act. Because that's the point where I was like, I don't know what's going on at all. So the only other character in this movie besides the people we've talked about already is. Um, Lucas Till, who I recognize from Disney Channel original movies. Uh, from Taylor Swift's You Belong With Me yes, video? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I always hear that's him. And so just picture that little boy. He's a little bit older now. He has been recommended to come help work on the house because he's like the only other, he's like the construction boy in the town. And uh, he and Kate Beckinsale have a weird, flirtatious energy that is weird and I didn't care for. And then at one point she like asks him or somebody, yeah, she asks him to go dig up a gravestone because it's scaring uh, her son. And then concurrently her husband has gone into the city, has gone to New York City. Also, whoever made this, I don't think understands the East Coast because I think they wanted to position, they moved to North Carolina, by the way. I think they wanted to position North Carolina as somewhere that was like away from New York City, but close enough that people could still like get there. Yeah. But so they should have just said it in Connecticut or upstate Yes. No, I don't, I don't think they understand that, like, North Carolina is a distance from New York. Like, it's far. You know where they could have said it? Where? Amityville. Yeah. Which is in New York. Uh-huh. Because, like, that's what would make sense is that, like, they're like, we need to get out of the city. Let's go to the country. You don't go all the way to North Carolina. Like, he still has to go to New York for things and he's not flying. He, like, drives. You can't... Oh, and they also... So when he goes there... Uh, his um, therapist. His therapist is like, have some friends over. Like, she needs normalcy. Which, like, if they if their son needs, you know, uh, consistency, she needs normalcy. Why did they move to North Carolina? That's so dumb. But so then you see a scene where the husband has had friends from New York over, and that's like, your friends don't just. 
go from New York to North Carolina. Maybe for like a weekend. Like they're there for dinner. You see them leave. But here's where <laughs> here's where nothing starts making sense. Is that like they're they're all making dinner together. The the dad, the son, and the two friends, and they're all going. Where's Kate Beckinsale? And he's like, oh, she's around here somewhere. Like, I'm sure she'll join us for dinner. We see nothing else. We don't see where Kate Beckinsale is. Uh, And then we see the friends leave. And then we see her running around the house. And it's like, where has she been? What's going on? And she's frantic. And she's, there's, I don't even remember the plot of this movie, but there's something she needs to figure out. And then she, like, has a moment and you see, like, into her mind that she's remembering that Lucas Till dug up the gravestone and she was there and, like, he's dead. He, like, hangs. But he wasn't... Or she goes to the gravestone and sees him hanging, but then maybe he isn't dead. And it's like, this was supposed to be some grand twist realization. Like a reveal. That maybe there is no haunting and she's been doing all of this. That, like, maybe she killed Lucas Till and maybe... She locked herself in that room, and maybe that's a more interesting anything movie that happened. I, have, I didn't even think about that, and that's that's more what interesting. I I've seen movies like that. There's a specific movie that that is like legitimately the plot of, and it's a great twist, and I love it. Is, are, you, are you not saying what it is so it doesn't spoil the twist? Yeah, of that I don't movie? want to, but it's a really good movie, and I want to recommend it. Um, recommend it some other time. When it's not connected to the <laughs> twist of this, it's also not completely the twist. It's not like as simple as that. Um, but it's the kind of thing where you watch the whole movie thinking that there's a larger villain, and then you find out that there, like, really was no yeah. larger villain. It was all in that person, which I I love. I love that twist. It felt like, that, maybe because I've seen movies like that, I, I filled in those blanks for myself. Because otherwise, I don't know what they were trying to tell me with these flashbacks. Like, what are you trying to say? And then she... Like, she knows somehow that the judge is, like, threatening her son. So she runs in and tries to, like, hit him with a a hammer. And then it turns out that she's hitting nothing. She's just attacking her son. And I'm like, what are we supposed to learn from this? Are we, is is she actually, like, having a psychotic, psychotic break? break? Yeah. Like, or is, is there actually... Because then, like, you know, once they calm down, it's like, okay, we need to leave. Like, we're going back to the city. We need to, like... Have some stability. Which, okay, yeah, so this is the ending, right? Like, so she takes a hammer to a pillow while her son screams and cries in bed inches away. And her husband is like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is wrong with you? Like, you need help. And the next morning, they're fine, and they just drive away. They drive and, away. Like, and then she looks behind her, and she sees the judge in the window. And it's like, so what which did doesn't we learn mean anything. here? We like, nothing. Do, is she is she just imagining everything? It's supposed to be ambiguous, obviously, because that's the lazy way out. Right, and I think I don't think there's anything wrong with ambiguous endings, but I think this movie is relying on the concept of ambiguous endings to not make a statement about what it wants to do. This movie has which nothing is just, to say. No, it's yeah. it, not even anything to say. Like it has nothing to commit to. There's nothing. Right, because it has no like this script isn't trying to communicate anything. It's not even trying to communicate a scary story. No, it really just. Or a plot, really, in, in in essence. You don't have to communicate a message, or you don't have to make a morality statement, or we don't have to learn a lesson, but you should at least be communicating a story. Like, isn't that kind of like what film is? Are we just telling stories? No. Wow. Not in this movie. Not This movie's not interested in telling a story. I don't even know what it's interested in at all. Because it's not in, even interested in imagery, or acting, or any any other thing that a movie could provide... This movie's not interested in. 
Well, thankfully, everyone agrees with us because this movie didn't even make back a third of its budget. Yikes. How they? What did they spend money on? Kate Beckinsale, probably. This is a $15 million budget. What did they do? Kate like, Beckinsale. That, that's it. She got paid $50 million to do this movie. Maybe like, the face prosthetics on the, the ghost daughter? They're so... We see her one time. They specifically hide her from us for the entire movie and then do a big reveal as if we're going to be like, a monster! Like, she's a child. It's, oh my god, I hate this movie. Would you like to lock it in a room and... <laughs> yeah, this movie deserves the disappointments yeah. room. We'll put it in there with all the other movies that have disappointed us on this <laughs> podcast. That's our disappointments room. Yeah, we'll just have a, we'll have a section of the website called the disappointments room. Of That's all hysterical, and movies. we actually should. That's so funny. Well, we are, we're not going to roll the roulette this week, right? No, because it's October, and we want to deliver that spooky, spooky content. content. Ooh, that was really scary. Uh, all month long. So we're going to try to do uh, multiple episodes. We're going to try to do weekly. Yeah. We'll see how that turns out. We're going to try. We <laughs> There's have a reason of, we don't do weekly anymore. <laughs> we have lots of like horror movies to watch that aren't related to this for podcast. the podcast. But we're not going to roll the roulette. And we're going to do a movie that was recommended to us by one of our listeners. Yeah. Claire, who uh, goes by Duplis27 on Twitter, uh, recommended Last Shift. A while for back. Us. Actually, last year when we were asking for recommendations, I think it was actually um, like exactly this point last year we were asking for people to poll. Oh, um, yeah. Is that why we ended up choosing It Follows? Was that from, I believe based so. on the poll? Yes. Um, so we asked for recommendations at that time, and Claire told us that Last Shift was something that she had watched and enjoyed and thought would be a good uh, episode for the podcast. So it's still on Netflix, and I am really excited to do it. I actually saw another person recommend it uh, recently, and that was kind of what jolted in my brain. I was like, wait a second, I know that, and uh, I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah, sorry it took us so long to get to it, Claire, but... Uh, <laughs> so if you recommend another movie to us, we'll get to it next year. <laughs> Hopefully sooner. Halloween can, 2019. <laughs> we can do better. We can do better, yeah. Uh, but thanks so much for recommending that, yes. and we're excited to watch it. So yeah. we're going to watch it and have an episode up to you next week. Yeah. I hope it's scary. I hope it is, too. Uh, the... Uh, like poster image on Netflix looks like kind of gory. So I'm Ooh. kind of like, I'm intrigued. I hope that it, I hope that it scares me, but doesn't like super gross me out. We'll see. Until next time, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Drop us a line. Give us a rec. Yeah. Give uh, us a recommendation because we're doing it. Share us with your friends. We're doing the recommendations. And enjoy, enjoy the Halloween season with No Screaming. We're like, helping you celebrate. I like your, like, uh, spooky, scary Halloween voice that you're doing Yes, now. I just lower it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, trying to think of who you're doing an impression of. Not anyone specifically. Oh. But thank you, as always, to Wes Craven. For what? For having made Scream, which we just watched. We just watched Halloween. it. Yeah, it was, it, that was our kickoff. That was our of, October 1st. Which is, like, that's my usual kind of, like, go-to uh, best horror movie to kick off October because I can just recite all the lines and like just enjoy myself and do and do little deep dives on like all the little details this mm-hmm. time I, I actually spent the whole movie looking up the trivia on IMDb. on IMDb and learned a ton of new stuff that I didn't know so that was really fun do that watch Scream and instead of watching this movie watch Scream and look up all the trivia because there's just so many fun facts about Scream and Wes Craven and all of them all the friends Until next time, everyone. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky for October. October.